Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Thanks for jumping on today. It is CeCe Sabathia here on May the 4th. He's a big Star Wars fan. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about his career in Major League Baseball. A lot of great stories come from his time with the Yankees. Talks about his son growing up in the clubhouse, playing with Yankees greats like Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and being able to mentor Aaron Judge. We have a little fun in the beginning. We took a tough loss in softball the other night. And you'll get to hear a detailed, in-depth account, one of the greatest feuds in Virginia prep high school history. Have a great weekend, and enjoy yourself, folks. They call me free. I keep blowing and blowing. I ain't got me nobody. I ain't me no love. All right, some people had requested another Gordon Lightfoot song for the layup line, but that's not going to happen. You don't get to die twice, okay? He earned the first one. The second one, no. No freebies. Come back, Gordon. Do it again. So I'm going to go layup line. I'm going to go Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind. He's 72 today, May the 3rd. Are today, your yesterday. And that'd and be that, different than Criss Cross. Yeah, it'd be different. Criss Cross was a hip-hop group. Yeah, they that's were right. kids. Yep, yep, yep. They yep. were kids and shit. Yeah. Hip-hopping. So yeah, Christopher Cross, he was, uh, he was like a crooner. Not a crooner. I don't know what to call Christopher Cross. Yacht Rock? Gotta be honest with you, I've never heard of Christopher Cross. Yeah, it's a bad. Thought it might be young hip-hop group crisscross no 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 it's yacht rock so check it out hey i want to start the show uh you want a hello yeah grants pass oregon okay hello (laughs) can't with these hellos to take you behind the curtain every day i'm like i have a layup line do you have a hello megan's like yep i'm like why no reason but that was kind of wasn't that the impetus for the thing maybe but then we used to like google it and find something interesting about it i i got something for you okay so they named it after <laughs> they named it after ulysses grant who uh, had a big victory in vicksburg okay which is in mississippi which is odd because right. this this spot's in in oregon mm-hmm. it's near the willamette valley mm-hmm. so um while i came to grant's pass randomly uh, I found a little fun fact. You know, back in the day, people would say, oh, I listen, I'm in Grant's Pass. But now nobody listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As evidenced by... How- you somewhere a little well, more well-known than Grant's Pass. Oh, oh, joke's on you. It's like the eighth most populous city in Oregon. We've got a shot. Oregon's just a lot of high desert and Antifa. <laughs> so it really doesn't take much. Do you want to you guess what the most populous city in Oregon is? Sure. Uh, it's uh, probably Portland. You got it. Yeah. By a factor of about five. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. You think the census is all fucked because Antifa's like, nah, I'm not going to tell you. Anarchy. I think it's probably been it could, fucked. Portland could be at least three to four times bigger than we From think. From Jump Street, yeah. <laughs> Chris, what did you think went wrong last night for us at the uh, Diamond what didn't go wrong, you know? I mean, that was embarrassing. You know, was I, I was personally embarrassed, um, you know, hitless. 
you know, I knew it was going to be bad when I walked the first at bat because I was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I like to get in a flow. Oh, I love a walk. I don't love a walk. And then I went 0 for 2 and we didn't hit the ball. We, we scored yeah. four runs. You weren't the only Six to hitless, four. A, a, a hitless batter and uh, it was tough. Most of the team showed up at 555. The game was at 6. Uh, and, and as we were, no one really warmed well, up. Well, I showed up at 5.30. I told two of our best players to get in the car. And then we drove down by the <laughs> train saw, tracks and that. smoked a joint. Uh, <laughs> and I knew it was going to go bad because I'm in the dugout, and I heard multiple people overconfident. Now, you'll see it in the, in the, in the YouTube uh, breakdown of our game, but we had some people that were talking cash shit. The problem was the other team was old. The other team, the median age, as Matt put it, was like 47. And I don't mean that disparagingly because I'm not ageist, unlike Nate Collins, mm -hmm. who came in and was like, these guys are old, we're going to beat them. And then we had another guy being like, these guys are hot garbage, so I hear, whatever. Now, I did hear in the third inning, the umpire back there said to one of the guys, I've never seen you play this well, to which they kind of agreed. Uh, and, and uh, you know, at the end of the game, this is what really hurt. There was one guy that I was talking to a little bit out in the field. He was a nice guy. And after the game, he was like, hey, this better make the podcast as if we don't talk about the losses. Well, sorry, buddy. We talk about all the losses, especially when we lose to a team that we think we're better than, okay? But they beat us fair and square. We get out to the parking lot to see the guy again, and he's like, we'll see you next year. And I'm like, that's disrespectful because I'm like, we'll see you in the playoffs, well, they and he goes. We're not making the playoffs. Yeah, we might not be making the playoffs. We it's it's close. But I said four games to go. So before this game, that if we went three and one, it was possible. If we won out, definite. I was counting. Help. I was counting one loss against a team who we have upcoming. Who's the best team in the league? Ceramic tile. The, yeah, which <sighs> is not the team we play. <laughs> Now this, yeah, ceramic tile man. is pretty. Y'all yeah. suck. Have you thought about not getting high before the games? Well, yeah. Then sometimes it, sometimes it. I'm usually not high before the game. Okay. My swing's broken, man. Last year, I'm going to tell you what happened. Last year, I was like 10, 15 pounds lighter, mm. and I was real. I don't know, like uh, you know, wiry, and I could really snap that bat off. And th this year, I'm just doing too much off the the diamond. I'm. I'm lifting weights, I'm boxing, I'm 255. Like, I can't hit the ball like oh, I used to. Oh, boxing. All right. It's not so good, yeah. You're too tight. Yeah, You're too maybe, tight. Maybe. You need to loosen up a little bit. You need to throw in a little, like, yoga, some Pilates. Yeah. The boxing is what's getting you. Yeah, I think it's the lifting, too. But either way, my swing is kind of broken. And I think I've officially entered into a bad mental stretch where I'm, like, I'm thinking too much at the plate. But yeah, I had company last night. I mean, nobody was hitting the ball. JP hit a dinger, but yeah. we had multiple guys, you know, even, ground even into JP, a double play. Our best player went one for three. Well, he, he grounded into a double play. Yeah, now he does we wear doing. camo cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it would help maybe if he threw on some athletic wear. But, um, you know, here's the worst part of losing those guys. And I knew when we showed up that they were going to be good because they had baseball pants on. Right. If you show up to a softball oh, game and the wow. other team has baseball pants on, buckle the fuck up. Don't be fooled by the gray hair. Don't well, be little, fooled by the beer bellies. That was part of the problem when we were getting ready for the game. A lot of the a lot of the green light dugout was a little more worried about what the other team was wearing. They were then, like, oh, then, they got then beating the other team. Yeah, right. People were talking cash shit, and you know, like that. That's the oldest. That's it's the old. It's the canary in the coal mine. You know, these guys got baseball pants on. Look out. And we didn't heed the warning, and we got beat fair and square. And, you know, here's the worst part of it. They had three outfielders. Yep. Three outfielders, and we Every couldn't find Every time we hit it into the outfield, right to them. directly right to, to them. Like they, like they were down a guy, or they decided yeah. to put the fourth guy somewhere else? They were down a guy. They beat us shorthanded, dude. A bunch of guys who... Yikes. Who get prostate checks, beat us shorthanded. Yeah. And I mean, no offense. Like, I respect these guys. I was the one in the dugout, like, respect these guys, man. Show some respect. And some of our guys weren't showing respect. It was not good. So we'll try to put our best foot forward next week. It just, it just sucked. We're going to need it the rest of the way out. Three games left. We sit at three and four. There's uh, two teams ahead of us that are fighting for that fourth playoff spot. Um, we do have a head-to-head -head win against both those teams, but 
we need to win out. And uh, I have a buddy on Ceramico Tile, and I planted the seed. You know, maybe they want to throw the game. Yeah, what you did know? he say? They're, he was like, you know, uh, <laughs> what's you in know? it for them though? Well, they can't. They get y'all the sorry asses in the playoffs. No, they, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably yeah they play the four seed. That's uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see if we can get it. Maybe we just beat them straight up. You know. Maybe we get CC Sabathia to join our team. That'd be pretty sick. You know, uh, I think he'd be pretty good. We're gonna have him on the podcast here in a moment, um, and so uh, enjoy that. We don't talk a lot about about current baseball. Uh, well, a little bit, uh, a lot of great stories. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, like I probably would, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. They're essentials for me. I mean, whether it's a little bit dark at softball at night and I want to look cool out there at second base, need to eliminate a little bit of the glare from those really bright lights, or if I'm out on the river and I want to keep the sun out of my eyes, uh, they're great looking shades. They're functional, uh, they're durable. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code GREENLIGHT for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. These shades have been rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, we got a baseball guest today. Kyle reeled this this one in, man. Uh, we were at the Drake party in uh, at the Super Bowl, and the two biggest guys in the house were having a conversation. One of them played in the MLB. One of them played in the in the NFL. Uh, this is CC Sabathia, the best baseball player we've ever had on. So thanks for coming on, CC. What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. We were just telling the story before we went on live. We were in the airplane hangar, and I saw you in the corner, and it was my first real-life recruiting pitch. I was like, we got to get you on the Greenlight Podcast, so I'm glad we can make this happen. Oh, yeah, no no problem. And well, I, I said, I told Kyle, I was like, I'm a huge fan of your dad. So yeah. inadvertently, I became huge fans of you guys, like watching your careers the whole time, you know, just wow. being a Raiders fan. So. You know, I, I followed the both of you guys, so That's it's damn awesome cool, to be man. on here. No, I, I heard you were a Raiders fan, man. What do you think of the new stadium? Have you been out there yet? I have. The stadium is awesome. And it's uh, we've never like as a Raider fan, we've never had our own thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were playing in the L.A. Coliseum when I grew up. Then it was the shitty Oakland Coliseum mm -hmm. as I got older. But now to have like our own stadium and see Raiders shit everywhere, it's actually really cool. Have you been in the black hole? I have not yet. I haven't yet. I, I, I've, I've been sitting up in the suites. They got like this little suite level where yeah. they got like the recliner chairs. Yep. Mm -hmm. and the We've got a lot of connections there. there. We've got a lot of connections <laughs> with people that love us and people that hate us from when we play. Yeah. Do you guys get hate from like the Raider fans? Like, uh, I think them? I don't think so. I don't think so, man. You know, I think Pops did such a good job there. They always show us love, man. It's cool, like, running into Raiders fans, man. Like, a lot of them I met when I was a kid, probably, you know, walking around with my dad in the concourse and that sort of thing. So, now, when we were kids, CC, like, my dad was, was said when they played at the old Coliseum in Oakland or whatever it was, whatever you called it, 
Um, there were a couple games that, like, you know, for a stretch there, my mom wasn't allowed to bring me as a little kid just because <laughs> yeah, they got so rowdy. And then, yeah. you know, like, honestly, it was, like, more in the NFL when we go to, like, play at Candlestick because that was still really rough. I wouldn't let my wife go in Rams gear. So, oh, really? Candlestick was, was rowdy like yeah, that? Yeah, dude. Anything in the Bay. Like, oh, you, wow. You, I didn't know that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I yeah. didn't know that about Niner fans. I just thought it was in the, in the East Bay. But I wouldn't take my, my 19-year-old now. He's a freshman in college. I wouldn't take him until he was, like, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So for the first couple of years. And then I would sit on the visiting side. Yes. Because so, no weed smoke. It's no fight. <laughs> no contact high. <laughs> no shit going on. <laughs> like, we got to sit on the visiting side. But he didn't go to his first game until he was probably like 10 or 11 just because of the rowdiness. I just imagine growing up as as your son, and obviously he's an athlete and he's doing his thing now, and uh, we understand how that goes as, as sons of a ball player. Um, are there any funny stories that stick out to you when it was kind of like he realized who you were when he was around the guys that you played with? Um, I, I think, uh, like being at, at, when I came to the Yankees, um, because he was, he was always around. I had him when I was 23. So I would bring him to the clubhouse all the time. He was always around in Cleveland, all these, you know, all these different places. He came in a lot in Milwaukee, but when we got to New York, I think he kind of realized like, Oh, that's a rod. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was, he was <laughs> five or six at the time. And he was like, Oh, that's Derek Jeter. And he will follow Robbie Cano everywhere. Yeah. So Joe Girardi was our manager at the time and he had a young kid and we all had kind of young kids at the time. So we, we were allowed to bring our sons into the clubhouse every day. So by, from time little C was five until he was like nine or 10, he went to the park with me every single day. So he could, he could take ground balls with the guys, follow the guys around, hang out in the locker room. Um, but not until we got to New York did he realize like, oh, this shit is pretty cool. I think my dad is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because we, you know, I was pretty young and um, I can remember faintly sitting on the kitchen counter and Bo Jackson in the kitchen, you know, with my dad. And, and it's like, it's like, what, how did I not appreciate that moment? You know, like I can remember late, late in my career being like, dad, how come you never let me meet Barry Sanders? And he was like, you did meet Barry Sanders, you know? <laughs> And part of that was downplaying what he did, like, you know, because he wanted to keep us grounded. So it was like, hey, I'm just going to work. I'm taking my son to work. Did you feel like you kind of did that, even though you brought him around a lot? Like, was it important to keep him grounded? Yeah, it's, it's super important to keep. I got four, so all yeah. of them grounded. Um, but the oldest for sure, you know, because I think he get he got to saw get to see everything. Like, he was, you know, he kind of grew up with me and Amber in mm -hmm. the game. So... You know, he he was there for the World Series. He was there in the celebrations and all, on the parade float and all yeah. those different things. So, um, I mean, get, having those experiences was great for him. And, you know, him wanting to be a ball player, motivating him. And, you know, I, I know that's all that's in his mind. Yeah. Um, but it was good to be able to be with him every single day so that we could have conversations about keeping him grounded and different things like, hey, this is not normal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's not normal things that a 9 or 10-year-old <laughs> get to do. So, you know, yeah. appreciate this and take advantage of it. Uh, he's at Georgia Tech now? He's at Georgia Tech, yeah. ACC guy, okay. Yeah. All right, first baseman? Plays first, yeah. Nice. Big kid. He's like 6'5", like 245, 250 now. So. All yeah. the best athletes play first base. Well, in right softball, I mean? not so much. I'm just fucking around. We, me and Kyle are on a softball team right now. Uh, we're kind of we're struggling last we night. Control we control the right side of the infield. Yeah, I'm second base. <laughs> I'm second base, so I can avoid any hard shots to the nuts, and I don't yep. throw my arm out. Uh, and then Kyle's at first base. So, um, so I got a question about football because you know you played. You were pretty good, right? You were tight end, and and you I'm almost played end. collegiate collegiately. How close was that decision? Um, yeah, it was really close. I, that was my dream was to go to college and play uh, college football. Um, you know, kids like from my generation, my era, that was like our, like that was the only path to get to the NFL or the big leagues or whatever was to go through college. So me, I wanted to go play at UCLA. I wanted to play tight end. Um, but just my financial situation, me and my mom, um, you know, living, you know, single mom at the time, my dad was, they had got divorced and my grandmother passed away in the middle of my senior year. So it was just kind of me and her and she was, you know, single income and I get drafted in the first round. And it's like, I hit the lottery. Like I had to take that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like get drafted 19th pick. And it was kind of like baseball chose me. It didn't give me a chance to even pick. It was like, this is here. This is presented. Like we need the money, honestly. And I felt like I was young enough. I was 17 when I got drafted. I was like, 
I can do this for three or four years, and if it don't work out, I can go back and play college football. Chris Winkie was just doing the same shit at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a perfect example. Like, I can go back, so let me give this a try. And, um, you know, it ended up working out. But it was was one of those things where baseball just kind of chose me on the path where I had to take that, you know, first-round money because of me and my mom's situation. Winky is a fucking unit, dude. Yes. Yes. He's, oh, a hey, bit, he's, he's a little bit too old for me to appreciate. Buddy, he coached right me. Line. He coached me in St. Louis, and he was bigger than the D DNs, dude. He was a big yeah. guy. How much money was it, CC? When you when you at a seventeen year old kid, like you, you know, how much money's in your bank account all of a sudden? And how hard is it to manage? You know, like everybody wanting something and and just you know tickets and the whole thing. Yeah, it was hard. So I, I signed, I was a 19th pick. I got $1.3 million. And, you know, obviously growing up situation, I grew up, I grew up in the, in the ghetto, I grew up in the hood and it was like, everybody wanted a piece. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This AAU basketball coach, this, you know, baseball coach I played for when I was 10 and the church and you know what I mean? Like it was, it was so many people. Church needs so a many, check, man. The church needs a check. We got a, we got a building fund. Like mm-hmm. a fucking, we need a new parking lot. We need, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so it was uh pastor needs a new, hard. a new, uh, Aston Martin. Yeah. Now, now Chris, I gotta, I gotta ask him about this. So yeah. you're 17 at the time you're, you're coming into $1.3 million. You have an advisor, I'm assuming not an agent because you can't have an agent right at the time. I didn't have an agent. No. So I just had an advisor. My mom was actually my agent. My mom did the deal. So my mom looked in baseball America and saw what the 19th pick got a year before. Mm. And I think it was like nine seventy five. And she was like, give us over a million and he'll, he'll sign. And wow. They gave us one. Dan O'Dowd gave us 1.3 and I was gone the next day. You've only got smart women around you because yeah. your wife is an agent as well. And yeah. we saw the Jalen hurts deal not too long ago. Nicole, Nicole Lynn, Lynn yeah. was in the forefront. How do you feel about seeing all these women at the forefront of all these men's sports? And uh, how's your wife enjoying it? No, I love it. I think, you know, it's, it's the perfect role for my wife. I mean, obviously, like I just said, we grew up in this game together and she's seen everything, all of my contracts. She went through all of them. She, you know, did all of my marketing stuff off the field when I got to New York. Um, she was my contact, my day to day, everything. So I think a lot of these wives don't give themselves enough credit where they can do this agent job because they're in our yeah. lives and, and managing us every single day. So I saw how good my wife was at managing me. And I was like, this is what you need to be doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can do this at a high level. And, you know, she took it serious. She's got her degree. She graduated from college while we were young and, um, you know, she took the agent's test and she's loved it. I mean, this is her life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like she's been living this for the last 25 years. So it's nothing new to her. You know, a little bit about the football lifestyle in the NFL, like the way we travel, the amount of games we have, the way our practices, our meetings are. It's like, uh, it's kind of a grind. We, we get treated like kids. Mm-hmm. Like we got a curfew on the road and shit. Um, you know, like what's the difference between, you know, like I, I always wondered how awesome it would be to play cards on the, on the plane and, you know, be one city the next and go out to dinner the night before every time. Is that kind of how it is in baseball? Uh, what's the road like? The road is nuts, man. It's crazy, but they just turn you loose. Yeah. So like, like me and imagine being a 17 year old and they just throw me in North Carolina. Like I, I, the first place I went was, uh, Burlington, North Carolina, like didn't know how to wash clothes. Didn't know how to do <laughs> shit. Just throw you out there. Yeah. No whole family, no nothing. Like, mm-hmm. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. It was a live fastball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're professional now. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was used to going home and, like, my mom washing my uniform after the game. Like, I go home in my uniform after the game. Like, yeah. now I got to, like, shower shoes. I got to take a shower at the stadium. Like, I got to figure all this shit out. So it's a, little, it's a little tough at the beginning just figuring out how to be a pro. Yeah. Because coming from high school, you have no fucking idea how to, how to be a pro. So I couldn't imagine being 17, 18, going to the NBA and actually being in – NBA arenas like at least I got to go to the minor leagues where there were other 18 19 20 21 year olds around to kind of help me teach me um but I moved up the ranks pretty fast so as I got through you know through the minor leagues I was in double A after my first year so I went from I was an 18 year old and there were 25 year olds in my locker room you know what I mean like so you were a baby baby. those those guys drinking beers after the after the game and shit I'm my mom like some old motherfuckers on this team. Like, <laughs> beers and shit after the game. I don't yeah. know what the fuck to do. But yeah. it's it's fun. It's fun being on, you know, being 
kind of being cut loose and, and just learning how to, you know, manage being on the road. But yes, yeah, it's, it's every single night. You know, I, w- I was just talking to Anthony Volpe. He's a shortstop uh, for the Yankees right now. And every night on the road, you know, they either go to Rizzo's room or judge's room, playing video games all night, hanging out and just kind of doing whatever you want to do. All you got to do is just make sure that you up and, and at the park for stretch the next day, which is probably like four fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, like most of the stretches are late in the day, so like, well, uh-huh. guys, guys hit the streets the night before a little bit. Like, yeah. I was kind of wondering. I, in high school, one time I went out and got drunk, and then the next day I hit two bombs, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Playing hungover, it kind of works. Like, I don't know if there is there a is there a is <laughs> is there like a any talk you know among players? Like, some guys are like, hey, I like playing hungover. Some guys are like, I need my eight hours. How much does it range? You know, like guys' routines on the road. Are there some guys that just That's shut a- the door? No, that's just the older generation like us, like our generation. That's how we play. Like yeah. the David Wells and David Cones and those guys, they love hitting the road or, or hitting the streets the night before and having a little, you know, being a little hungover so they can, they say they made them concentrate a little more. Yeah. You know and hey, I subscribe to that shit too. That yeah. was me. Early yeah. my career. I'm going out like yeah. me and Mark Burley, we pitched against each other so much. He was in with the White Sox and I was in Cleveland. Yeah, I remember we that. Go yeah. out the night before and get drunk and see who can last the longest in the game. <laughs> That's amazing. Who lasted longer? Who who won more? <laughs> he would he would always he would always get me. <laughs> That's good, man. Oh, that's funny. Um, so like the 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 plane rides. You guys are I know I saw guys get a ton of money taken playing Bouray yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. How ugly did it get for some dudes on the planes in the MLB? Yeah, it gets nasty on the planes, man. It just depends on the team. Um, but you you know when you walk into the environment of like this is a gambling yeah. a gambling team. What my my Yankee teams early in my career, like oh nine to twelve, we had some big, you know, some big gambling Blu-ray pots. Um, but the the team I was on in Milwaukee in two thousand and eight, we gambled like crazy and, and it and it got out of control pretty quick. Uh one time in one time in 2009, we were playing Blu-ray, and I, I won a $46,000 pot, and it was a kid that was a rookie. I didn't I didn't make him pay. Oh, that's so good of you. I, I was pissed. Got a deal. I still get I still get shit from that. Like people that were on that team still give me shit. I, I can't take $46,000 from a guy that's a rookie, man. That's he better God. send you a fucking Christmas gift every year. Well, if he hit a it big, if one. this guy hit it big in the majors, I feel like you could come back for that money, but. He, he didn't. Oh, okay, so well, that was, like, that was good. That was good. <laughs> that's I just good. want a Christmas card. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can the guys in the MLB still dip? Is that a thing? Like, what did they do with the the dip and that sort of thing? Um, you know what? I, I, I honestly don't know. The last year that I played, I was still dipping. Yeah. But I don't know if there's a rule. Maybe you, you can't dip, like, out in the dugout, I don't yeah. think. What was CC Sabathia's dip of choice? It was always uh, Copenhagen uh, mint, okay. always. Yeah, um, okay, good. But it was, uh, I mean, I, it was two cans a day, though. Yeah, it gets out of control if you're sitting two around a lot. Two cans a day. And, yeah. I could, and I didn't, um, I haven't had a dip since the last day I played. Very oh, last game, I threw in the dip, and then the day, the, the, I was in the bullpen, had a dip in that day, and that was the last time I've had a dip. Good for you. Jeez. I'm two. It's, it's, I'm two months clean. You're I'm on amazing. This, I'm on this Zen, nice. dude. I'm on this Zen. You got to get on the Zen it. train. Um, oh, is it? It's a, it's a new kind of dip. It's, it's like uh, it's like a nicotine pouch. There's nothing it's like bad a in Swedish, it. Swedish high powered. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like a little uh, gets all the you joy. Know why? Because I, I, I miss it when I'm fishing. I fish a lot, and yeah. that's the only time like that I miss like when I'm I, I miss throwing a dip in. Where, what do you like to fish for? Uh, redfish and snook. Okay, so you go out down in the ocean. Florida. Yeah, yeah, down yeah. in Florida in, in the in the inlet. So, or I'll go down to Venice, Louisiana. Yeah, get some redfish down there. Nice. Okay, so before we got into baseball, like now, I you know, like I saw you at the at the Knicks game. I'm a Knicks fan, um, and I was like, oh, we got him on the pod tomorrow. Uh, that how exciting is it right now in New York? And like when it's buzzing, you know, you've been a part of some great teams. There were other, you know, the Rangers, the Knicks rolling. Um, you got your, your jets and the, and the Mets and all that stuff. But like, what's it like when, when New York is, is buzzing? It was special. It's special. But this is a basketball town. Yeah. This is a basketball city. And these, this town loves the Knicks, but it's just, they haven't had nothing to cheer for, for a long time. Right. But going to the garden last night, it was electric. Like yeah. you, 
going into the garden as a visiting player, you have to account for the noise and the crowd and the atmosphere of Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the garden is a fucking star. And it it was crazy last night. The amount of people that showed up and when this when this when the sports is good in this town, it's nothing like it, man. I yeah. mean, but even more so when the Knicks are good. Like I couldn't even get out on fucking 34th Street last night. Like People just won in the street. I mean, you would have thought they won a the championship. Yeah. Like they won one game without you know, Jimmy Butler out there. Without Jimmy Butler, but yeah. these fans are starving for the Knicks to win. And if they ever get to the Eastern Conference Finals or even the finals, man, it's gonna be insane here. How about celebrities, man? Like I know you 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 get so many famous people that are Yankees fans and fans of you and that sort of thing. Was there anybody that you were like starstruck to meet that loved the Yankees uh in your tenure? Um, I think the, the Denzel Washington. Oh, he's a, yeah. He's a Yankees fan. He's a big Yankees fan. Oh, that's he's so a, cool. he, know, he knows a lot of Yankees history, you yeah. know? So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. You know, I always love talking to fat Joe about, about yeah. baseball because he grew up in the Bronx and yeah. he grew up and he worked at a bodega right around the corner from Yankee stadium. Okay. So a lot of those old guys would come in his bodega on the way to the stadium. So he's got stories of, you know, all these different guys that came through the Bronx in the seventies and eighties that he worked at the bodega that he got to see like playing for the Yankees. So he's got some cool stories. How good would uh Shohei Otani look in pinstripes? Man. He, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm praying that, that, that he comes <laughs> to the Bronx. <laughs> I mean, I, I think everybody's, you know, got him going to the Dodgers and I think, uh, you know, the Dodgers held back. Um, this offseason from signing guys to maybe sign him, but I've said I got caught a lot of flack for saying this shit, you know, three years ago. But he's the best baseball player I've ever seen. Mm. Like this is the best that the players have ever been right now, and it's not even close. Guys are throwing 100, 200, fucking five miles an hour, and he's the best player. Yeah, he hits the ball the furthest. He throws the ball the the, the hardest. He runs the fastest. He's literally the best player we've ever seen at a time when the players are the best. So, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I watched him play one inning of one game and I said, Oh shit, this guy's fucking, he's, yeah. the, he's the best I've ever seen. It's incredible. What, so what stands out? You named all the thing, you named all, all the, the tools. tools. Yeah. yeah. So six tool players. What, what's the sharpest one on his like spider web? Like what's the furthest one from normal? I think that the pitching, because he's getting better as a, as a pitcher. Yeah. If you just watch him, like, He's going to be close to winning the Cy Young. Like, what happens if he wins the Cy Young and hits 40 fucking homers in a season? What are they going to you know say? What, what happens if he wins the Cy Young and hits 20 homers in a season? Yeah. Like, nobody's ever fucking done that before. Yeah. Like, I think he's getting better as a pitcher, and his hitting is going to be his hitting. He is what he is. He's 6'6", 250 fucking pounds. Like, he's going to always be able to hit. But, at like, as a starter, him being able to go seven, eight, nine innings and fucking – dominating games like that like it's 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 crazy have you been to a, a game in japan i haven't man i was supposed to go to the world baseball classic uh this year and it, i got my my trip got canceled but i'm I'm looking forward to seeing i want to see him in japan yeah i want to see that too we should just yeah, we should like all go in on the charter oh, yeah, so go. we don't have yeah. to go we just do <laughs> one like bing, a pitch bing, boom go watch and, show <laughs> hey throw nine to hit two bombs yeah i gotta clear that <laughs> with my wife it. Yeah. Um, so why you said guys are throwing like 105 now, that sort of thing. And, you know, um, one of the, well, I got two fucking powerful pitchers on here. Kyle was a lefty throwing what? 96 Kyle. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You're playing humble. Uh, but now, now guys are throwing, you said it like it's, it's, it's otherworldly. How did it get there? You know? Cause like, it's not like human beings evolved in the past 20 years. Like what yeah. was it about technique or training or, or you know, like what was it that made guys get more velocity and movement? Guys, they're teaching velocity now. Yeah. Whereas like when we grew up, they didn't teach us velocity. You just had to be able to throw hard, yeah. right? Like now they have the weighted ball programs and all these different things where they can teach you velocity. Like I can take my 12 year old right now and take him in, in, in five years, I can make him throw 90 miles an hour. Yes. That don't mean I, he's he gonna know where the fucking ball's going, right? Yeah. So that's why now it's a lot less pitchers and a lot more throwers. Mm, yeah. Guys are more like mid relievers yeah. and less like long starters where yeah. they go out for four or five innings, throw the ball as hard as they can, and then they get the next guy to do that. You Got know it. what I mean? Yeah. But if you watch the teams that actually win and go deep into the playoffs and win the World Series, 
they have three or four actual starters horses six seven innings in the game and then their bullpen is rested and they're not using their bullpen in april like they use it in october i think that's how some of these teams that that build super bullpens even the yankees we've done that the last couple of years where we build these super bullpens and then you take the starter out in the sixth inning the whole season and now you're using this formula where six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine. These guys have to be perfect for you to win a game. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's. I think it's going to change back though. With you're the leaning on Plan B as opposed to coming with your strongest Plan A. Yeah, I mean, if your starter is is the, the best guy. I, I would always tell Girardi this. He would he would come out and he'd be like, "Hey, I got somebody warming up." Well, I'll be like. Me at 90 pitches is better than whoever the fuck you got out there warming up. Yeah. Unless it's Mariano. Yeah. Unless it's Mo. Yeah. You ain't bringing nobody else in. Unless you know what I'm saying? Metallica. Because me at 95, 100 pitches is better than that middle reliever. I don't give a fuck who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have superstitions as a pitcher? I know it's like y'all are highly superstitious athletes. Uh, what were the weirdest superstitions in the clubhouse and did you have any? Uh... I mean, it, there was a lot. I think baseball players are, are highly superstitious. Yeah, I mean, me, <laughs> the day that I pitched, I always had to eat the same breakfast. My wife had to make me the same breakfast every day. It was uh, grits, eggs, potatoes, and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> a real <laughs> breakfast. Morning. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't eat breakfast. I would just go, before I went to the game, I would go to Wendy's and get a big bacon classic and two fries and a Sprite. Oh. That's what I would pitch on. <laughs> I was pitching on that. That's great. That's so, great. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so all my superstitions revolved around time. Like yeah. I had to be in the hot tub at a certain time. I had to be on the training table getting scraped at a certain time. My hitters meeting had to start at a certain time. I walked like I put on my uniform, button up the last button at at the at, at like it was five uh, six thirty six for a seven seven o'clock game. And at six thirty eight, I had to be walking out of the locker room. Mm -hmm. Like so, it was just all about time with me. But like G Derek, like Jeter, he had superstition where he would eat the same thing every day: yeah. peanut butter and honey sandwich every single day. Um, he would go to Starbucks every single day. It's just guys that like because we play every day. You know what I mean? It just kind of becomes a part of your routine. So I heard Derek described. Um, I worked with somebody. One of my PTs had worked with him and just raved about him as a guy, but they said he's the most regular person. Like he's super down to earth. Like you would not know that he was one of the most famous athletes on the planet for, for a period of time. Uh, was, is that accurate? And what kind of guy was he day to day? Yeah. Just a regular dude, man. I mean, still to this day, I mean, that's the, that's the best way to describe him. Um, and I, for me, I think, you know, I, I like to people. I like people to get to know his personality because people always say he's dry. He don't really give you nothing. The dude's hilarious. Like if you know him and you're around him, he talks a lot of shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he gets on people a lot, and and uh, he's just fun to be around. But he is the most regular, you know, superstar that I've ever been around. Like guy that's you know gets recognized everywhere, but he's just a normal guy. His family's like that too. His sister's really cool. Part of our family, his mom and his dad. I'm really close with his nephew. So, um, you know, our families are really close. There's so many great nicknames in sports. You know, I'm thinking of the sheriff and uh, all these guys, but the captain is like, yeah, that's, that's got to be the best one, right? Yeah. yeah it, it, and, and it means so much because it's the captain of the Yankees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the, the history of the Yankees kind of coincides with the history of baseball. So to be a captain of, you know, the Yankees and now Aaron Judge, you know, having that title is, is super cool to see. And and how's your relationship with Aaron Judge? It seems like you guys are really cool. Uh, I've, I've followed a little back and forth between y'all. What's it like uh, seeing a guy like that kind of seems like the perfect face of a franchise? Yeah, man, he's always been the same. You know, he's yeah. the same regular guy down to earth. Um, I remember the very first day I met him. It was in, at the Oakland Coliseum. He had just got drafted. He came in with his parents and just a, a mountain of a dude, you know yeah. what I mean? You're like, holy shit. Like yeah. if he could ever put it together, I mean, it's going to be incredible. And you know, him coming up through the ranks in that, that very first year, I think it was 2016 when he came up, hit a home run his first at bat and then he struggled, but then he came back at 17 and ended up hitting 50. So just watching him evolve and you know, the, the, how much he cares about being out there and posting every day and, you know, had taken care of his body so that he can play center field. Yeah. You know, he really cares about, you know, winning and, and going out and trying to win a ball game every single day. That's the thing that he's most focused on.
Now, taking care of your body is obviously paramount, and I, I deteriorated quickly in the NFL because I had six six surgeries and five seasons end on IR. I got a broken neck, leg, all that shit. Um, you had to deal with the length of a career going from a 17-year-old to a 40-year-old playing in the MLB. You were a physical gift of God. Uh, like when you first came out, your your arm is just like nothing you've ever seen. And by the end, you have to kind of reinvent yourself. That process is a lot tougher than just saying, okay, I'm a different guy now. Walk me through that. Yeah, no, nah, I wish that I had the work ethic that I had when I was 30 that I had when I was 17. I wish somebody would have took me to the weight room and been like, Hey, like you're going to have this long career. You go, you know, if yeah. you can avoid all of these different injuries, knee, all this different stuff. If you, if you do a little work at the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I did, I, you guys, I didn't know fucking work when I was young. Like I was just a big guy. I was, you know, a kid and I was, I was just gifted, like you yeah. said. So I felt like I didn't need to work. You know what I'm saying? And at the time when I first came up, it was the steroid era. So the way I saw it, all the guys that were working out were on steroid. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. All the guys that were like, nor like normal body were just doing it like me, where they mm -hmm. come into spring training, get ready. And, you know, I did that for as long as I could um, until I started having the knee problems and, I, you know, pulling my oblique around 25, 26. And, got into a little better routine. Um, but I just, I, I wish I had that foundation um, earlier, you know, uh, yeah. so, to, so that I, I could have sustained. I mean, I, I ended up playing 19 years, but it was, it was a struggle, you know, have, I think I had ended up having nine knee surgeries, elbow surgery, toe surgery, different things in the middle of my career that I could have avoided had I been, you know, as disciplined as I am now, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. With my diet and everything, you know, doing, doing the early part of my career. Cause I would be pitching sometimes at 335, 330. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was. Bro, I got to 352, and it's a different light. It's a different planet we're living on when you're yeah. above 325. It's like the Earth treats your body differently. Yeah, it yeah, it really I could see man. it, Kyle. <laughs> when you were big, I'd see you in the tunnel after the game. I was like, God damn, little bro. Like, <laughs> everything was just thicker. Man. Why are you, you breathing so loud? Because you can carry it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh huh. You carry it so you just feel fine with yeah. it. Like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. But like, nah, that shit takes a toll on you, man. And now you're lean. Like, I saw you at the Drake show and I was like, God damn, that's Cece right there. He looks great. <laughs> I was like, first I thought you were at DN or somebody I played against. Mm -hmm. And then. Obviously, we spoke, but it's uh, it's fabulous to see where you're at. I'm in a better routine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the baseball life ain't taking its toll anymore. I'm not getting home at midnight and eating after the games and, you know, waking up at – I would wake up at, like, this time now, like 1230 yeah. for a 7 o'clock game. So, you know, now I'm going to bed on time. I'm in bed by 930, 10 o'clock. I'm at the gym every morning. Just left the gym right now. Like, I'm in a, a good routine. The food is good, and I feel so much better. And you know, I mean, I got four kids. I want to see my grandkids. I want to want to be around for a long time, man. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm really into this health 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 thing right now. So I want to be as lean and and uh, healthy as possible right now. Was it frustrating? Because like in the NFL, there's a bunch of guys on some shit, but guys don't talk about it. And I was naive, thinking everybody else out here is just working as hard as I am. But then I'd see some of these guys' bodies, and I was like, damn, dude, you know, there's no way. I, I, I'm doing everything I can. Like, was it – in baseball, it seems like a little bit more open. Were guys talking about it, like, in the in the clubhouse, like, you know, sharing tips or that sort of thing? And was it frustrating to face guys that you knew were not natural? It wasn't – it wasn't a secret. It yeah. wasn't a secret. Um, now, I don't know, because I wasn't in those conversations. I don't know what they'll – like I wasn't in those circles, so yeah. I don't know what those conversations were, but I know I could walk by like lockers and see shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't a secret at all. And like you, I was super naive. I was like, I, I felt like these motherfuckers need something to face me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like they had never seen nothing in the league like me. I'm six, five, 275 pounds throwing from the left side. Like, yeah, y'all yeah, might need a little something to face me. So I yeah. always felt like, <laughs> you know, I felt good that I wasn't on anything, you know, yeah. 
like going against these guys that had that need a little help. So now I didn't bother. It's, yeah. I now, was young enough and naive enough to think that I was just as good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now did any of these uh, roided up guys ever charge the mound? Did anybody charge the mound on you? I, I never got charged. Nah, surprise, no, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> not one time. Not one time. Could Major League pitchers be like, like obviously you were a great hitter at one point in your career, like whether it was when you were young or whatever, and then you take this path where you focus on pitching. And I know there's like Otani's out there, and um, I think, was it Ankiel could hit? Um, yes, Rick but, Ankiel. But like, was. how many guys can actually, like if they had focused on hitting, how many major league hitters are there, pl- pl- you know, pitching? There's a lot, and there's a lot of, of guys in my generation. Like you said, Rick Ankiel is one of the guys, but like if 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 those guys would have been able to like hone in on their hitting skills at like the same time as pitching i don't think anybody would be a good, as good as shohei yeah no no um, yeah i mean I'm trying to think of a, of like mike hampton you guys remember mike yeah. hampton yes. really good hitter yeah um Trying to think who else. Carlos Zambrano was yep. a switch hitter. He was a really good hitter. Yep. I'm just trying to Dontrell think about Willis, Bartolo Willis. Cologne. Dontrell Willis, yeah. <laughs> Dontrell Willis, Bartolo, Bartolo, home run. Yeah. <laughs> it took a while uh, to get around the base. I, I think it would have been a couple of guys that could, that could do it at a yeah. high level, but I don't think anybody could do it like this guy's doing it, you know? Yeah. What, what do you think about the pitch clock, man? You know, a lot of people have made a big deal out of it. Um, some fans actually like the game longer, it turns out. Uh, you know, you having to go through that, um, you know, without the pitch clock, what do you, what do you see when you watch games now? And what are the challenges that people aren't thinking about with communication or technique or, you know, just execution for pitchers? Man, I love the pitch clock. Yeah. I wish they had that shit when I was playing. Nobody want to play fucking four hour games. You want to start a game at seven o'clock and get, get home at midnight yeah. or 1230. I watched the game the other night. It was it was the eighth inning. It was an hour and 45 minutes into the game. Yeah. It's perfect. Ooh. It's digestible. Mm-hmm. It's a product that we can watch. It's not like, and, and, and you're not missing action. Yeah. You're not missing anything. You're not missing anything at the late in the game. You know, it's, it's 15 to two games taking two and a half hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just getting rid of all the, the bullshit. It's the game that I watched growing up in the 80s and 90s. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just something that's two and a half, you know, maybe three hours. Um, and, and, and it's a lot of action, you yeah. know, like you, you seeing without the shift, you seeing, you know, balls getting through. Now you see him diving a lot more diving plays. Um, I, I'm really excited about the rule changes, um, that we've, that we've been seeing and, you know, you know, hopefully, uh, the fans can hop on board. I mean, but I feel like there's more families going back to the ballpark now, especially early in the year school's yeah. still in, but if a game starts at six o'clock and you know, it's going to be over at eight 30. You can take your kids to the game. You know what I mean? Like on a school night now. So there's more families. Attendance is up. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited and happy about the rule change. I wish they had that shit my last year playing, playing fucking Red Sox games four and a half fucking hours on Sunday night baseball. <laughs> then you got to fly all the way to the West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Yankees schedule is so hard. Like people don't understand that our getaway days. Like, so tonight is a getaway day. Like, the, they're playing the Guardians tonight, and, and you know the Guardians fly away. Normally, getaway day is a day game. You play a day game because the team wants to get out. Well, not with the Yankees because you want to get all of that time. gate. Yeah. yeah, you want to get all of that gate. You want to make sure as many people as possible come to the game. So we always get a night game. Yeah. So now having that game being two hours makes a huge difference for us. One one that's, one that's one wild. one last question here. I, I um you know unwritten rules are big in baseball. I sometimes they make my head spin. I'm like, what the oh fuck? Why God. can't that guy do that? Like what? Fucking hate it. We got a we can't pimp home runs. Like, but pitchers can fucking do all this shit when they strike somebody out. Like, I'm watching <laughs> Madison Bumgarner. He's getting mad at people. I'm like, I'm like, bro. Like, what what's the big deal? I mean, you're doing a whole routine when you strike somebody out. What what are some of the unwritten rules that you think are just like garbage? All of them. I hate it all. Every single. It's, you know how hard it is I to hit a fucking guy. home run. If you hit a home run, bro, you should be able to walk the ba- the, the bases backwards. Yeah. Like the only people that get mad about celebrations are the motherfuckers that lose, mm-hmm. the pitchers that give up the home run, mm-hmm. the team that lost. Like mm-hmm. get off the fucking. The field. dad watching their kid from yeah, the game. Like, he can't do that. Celebrate. Like uh-huh. if you don't want to see me celebrate, throw a better fucking pitch or play uh, better. You I know what I'm saying? It. Like. 
Don't get good. lose. Don't lose. I love it. I love it. This is this is great. Uh, and I want to plug your podcast, man, because hopefully me and Kyle are going to be on there soon. It's R two C two, which is a Star Wars reference. We got May the fourth yes. coming up. Um, it's R two C two with Ryan Rucco and uh, and me and Kyle. Hopefully, we'll get on there soon. Wh- who's your favorite Star Wars character for the people that are celebrating May fourth? Oh, Yoda. I dressed up as Yoda my last year. I, that, they gave me a, a Star Wars bobblehead. I was a Jedi. Yeah. So I dressed up as Yoda, yeah. drove to the stadium, and passed out fucking bobbleheads that day. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Star Wars is great. We love The Mandalorian in my house. Oh, my God. I just finished the the, the last season. It was incredible. I got to watch it. it. I, I got it uh, lined up. Yeah, you got to watch it. Well, CC Sabathia, man, this has been really cool, man. One of the best. Loved watching you play. And, uh, Look forward to coming on your pod, too. Uh, enjoy May the 4th, okay, man? Oh, for sure, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Always been big fans and big fan of your pops, too, so thank you guys. Thank you, CC. Thanks, dude. Thanks yeah. for coming. Appreciate the time. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You wanna remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. Good news. The Thursday show we do with AMP will continue. 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston. Uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat. We'll answer. We're going to be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall. Uh, every Thursday at 4.30 on AMP. Uh, check us out. May 12th at noon, we have our talent search. I've been criticized for calling it a talent show because we don't know if there's any talent there. Well, I didn't mean to criticize you. No, I just, I didn't make it up. Yeah, I was more, I think I was criticizing Kingston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but my my whole thing is like, don't expect anything out of this. Like, you got to be really good. It's going to be a lot of you that I'm going to be like, hey, you're you're cool. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you listening to the show. Don't come here thinking the bar is low. Like, we may hire somebody. We may put somebody in the fold. We may, we may bring a fan into the family, but you got to be good. You got to be real good. So, noon, May twelfth, uh, at Star Hill in Charlottesville. I heard a couple people that were considering coming from like out of state. Wouldn't advise you to do that. I the would. chances of you. <laughs> Being a part of the show, out of state, it's pretty low. Nah, we'll we'll pay. A couple of guys are like, yeah, I'll move. Pay their moving expenses. Yeah, okay. You got to be good. Okay, I'm I'm pulling for you, but we'll have fun no matter what. Like we get to meet you. I mean, you know, see who you guys are, guys and gals. Okay. 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 So where do we go from here, Meg? Yeah, uh, here's a new fun little segment. It's called Sick House or Not Sick House, okay? Uh, I name a, someone of note, mm-hmm. and you guess whether this person lives in a sick house or okay. not a sick house. Go. Richard Petty, the king. Definitely a sick house, okay? I'm seeing a stocked pond. I'm seeing a big closet, a lot of hats. Um, I'm seeing a lot of cherry wood, some antlered uh, chandeliers. What? So it's not sick. The house... <laughs> House well, how do you know that's not just like is an, not a, sick. You know, like an LLC, so, like a house version of an LLC, like the big house is in the back. Kingston, not. Go to second row and then go three over. So that's the one with all the roof 
It's a one-story joint. Now, it's nice and long. That's in Randleman, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. But the, the guy's worth uh, close to $100 million, if, you're, if you believe. He might be my hero. The internet. And uh, that's like a six dollars $700,000 spot, which, hey, plenty of money, but relative yeah. to net worth, not yeah, very high. Yeah, there's not a big stock pond in the back like I thought there'd be with a go-kart track around it. So the king is rolling around on PJs to tracks all around the country to go mm -hmm. to the races, but when he goes home, it's uh, it's a humble abode. It's a very humble abode. Like here's an interior here. You got a lot of you ceilings got a lot are of, like eight feet. Yeah, like seven and a half maybe. He doesn't live in that. I house, swear does to he? you, dude. And the reason I know is because he lets uh, his family um, host a wedding venue on the property. At at the Randall, it's called. Uh, Gotta have some view. It's called Reverie. Reverie Place is what they're calling it. At any rate, um, what a night for a dance! You know I'm a dancing machine. And this isn't meant you to be judgmental at all. No, Reverie. Uh, he he does he does. It seems like that's what they were after, but yeah, they just misspelled Reverie. it. Well, Reverie, a state of being pleasantly lost in one's thought a daydream nah they were after this okay yeah. right about that they, he does have a gate with some brass peas on it uh -huh. for petty that's good um hosted a, a function for they have a garage the guy drove fucking race cars is there a garage on the property i think there is a garage there's a small pool um but no very humble okay modest modest uh modest spot for the king okay Hosted a, hosted a Trump front fundraiser there I saw on the, oh, on the IG page. Yeah. I will say this about Richard Petty. The one time I, I saw him in person, I was at Martinsville and went down for a race. Uh, they also like Trump there. Yeah. Uh, I was walking through the, the bowels of, of Martinsville. It's an old racetrack. That's why a lot of the racing enthusiasts like it because it's, it's, it's a short track, I think. That's right. And it's like not too fast. It's a lot of wrecks because like, mm -hmm. you can't build up speed. But it's like this um, kind of like a Lambo field type thing of, of NASCAR. I don't want to say it. So he's been in that same house. Yeah, he hasn't moved out of that house. I like that. About I do. Him. I do, too. I like and, it a lot. Well, as a real estate agent, I would think you wouldn't like that a well, lot. Well, yeah. Well, all your best friends move a lot. Well, hey, hey, I, I want to move. Oh, I'd love to move to this place in Randall, in North Carolina, but this guy won't move. So yeah. maybe Charlottesville. Uh -huh. so, yeah, you know, yeah, I like I it. I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so anyways, I'm walking through the bowels of Martinsville and I've walked by a lot of great athletes. I've seen a lot of people in person, but few had the aura mm -hmm. that this cat had. He had the Rick James aura. You know, the famously, uh, I think Charlie Murphy on Chappelle's show was talking about how Rick James had an aura. Richard Petty had an aura, bro. He walked through that hallway with his sunglasses and his hat, and it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. People just kind of got out of the way. And he, when he walked by, I mean, he just left a, a wake five miles wide. You could just... So for a guy to live in a humble abode and, and leave that kind of a... It's dope. Yeah. You know, what he, was a, you know what was a miss? We did that best sports accessories draft. Oh, right. We should have drafted uh, his hat. Mm. No question. That was a huge was a miss. miss. Yeah. We yeah. should do best that. athlete homes. We should. Yeah. Richard Petty came to Grandparents Day at the school I went to when I was but a young tyke in uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. I didn't even know what NASCAR was, and I knew I had just seen the coolest guy yeah, it was I'd just ever like, seen today. Yeah, this guy got going. It's also on. rare that a sport has its biggest legend in its whole history still alive. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's be like seeing Babe Ruth walking through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good ass point. Exactly, and having you know somebody like Kenny Chesney sing about you doesn't hurt. Yeah, you know. Gas, where, where pedal we sticks, yeah, carries my car away. Gas, pedal sticks, pretty good. Carries Chris. my car away. Well, I was going as fast as well, a rambler goes. After that, you, you skip right to the chorus. Ahead of my toe. Now oh, I know how Richard Petty feels. feels. <laughs> That's right. Mm hmm. That's how forever feels, but Kenny I Chesney. I can feel the speed from the head you to got my it. toes. Yeah. I was <laughs> going as fast as a rambler goes. Yeah. Did you guys see the uh, Grizzlies tell Dylan Brooks that he will not be back with the team under any circumstances? Incredible. It's incredible to me. Like, I play with a lot of assholes. 
And I don't think I've ever heard that language used. Same. And it's like almost like the Grizzlies are apologizing to the rest of the league and being like, "We don't, we don't condone this. So don't take us. Don't no bulletin board material going into 2023 season." It's like they're getting out in front of future transgressions. Exactly. Exactly. This guy is. We disavowed long before. They banished him. Mm -hmm. Like they told him never come back. So. Um, yeah, I did see that. And Do you think they should catch some flack for that, though? It's like, like, I agree they shouldn't bring Dylan Brooks back, but to say that about a player that you've developed and, like, played and theoretically supported over years, to just be like, nope. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. This guy had transcended assholedom. Yeah. I mean, he, he Trash just... Trash talking to LeBron in the playoffs was pretty dumb. No, just, just bad decision-making. Heaven making. forbid. Bad decision-making. No, I mean, like, yeah, you can talk shit to LeBron, but, you know, be mm. Kevin Durant. People used to get mad when people would talk shit to Jordan because that would get him going. And we talk about that now like it's this mythology. Like, I don't think Bron's that different. Yeah, well, yeah, Bron, Bron after that three-point play to seal that game on Dylan Brooks, looked like he knew exactly who he hit mm-hmm. the shot on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this guy is just, uh, and he can't shoot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't add much offensively. I agree. But is there anything you guys wouldn't bring back into your life under any circumstances? Like Dylan Brooks kind of things. Yeah. Jägermeister. Peppermint schnapps. Had an incident with peppermint schnapps. Talked about it on the pod before. Is that like, um, what's a peppermint patty? Peppermint patty is like a chocolate peppermint snack. It's about the size of a, <laughs> um, a sand dollar, <laughs> a small sand dollar. Holy shit, I'm so stupid. I never realized it's like a patty, like a burger patty. Yeah, it's a burger patty. Never thought of that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, they're really good. I thought it was Irish. But peppermint schnapps is not, especially when you chug like the whole bottle. You end up uh, without your clothes. Uh, somewhere that you don't remember you were. Yeah, peppermint schnapps. In college, they and would say... I don't say, mean for sex. I mean, I was walking around in the woods like like a Yeti. Like at 2 a.m., somebody saw me walking out of the woods onto JPA. I mm. said, I wasn't on JPA last night. Peppermint schnapps were on JPA <laughs> last night. You might have been doing peppermint patties. No, I wasn't yeah, doing yeah, peppermint yeah. patties. Yeah, in college, they'd say, open your mouth, and they pour a bunch of stuff, then you have to swish it around, no, and no, no. then you, it then you take it down. It Here's another like thing. Patty. Uh, bleached hair. Mm. That would be one for both of us. Nate posted this picture All the other day. All three of us. My, oh, yeah, Kingston had it, too. Uh, I don't know why we bleached our hair. Probably to piss our parents off. Well, but your mom did your mom it. <laughs> my mom did it, yeah. Yeah, your mom died. My hair, hair her red for some reason. Uh, me, I just looked like... Um, Jacked him and M. <laughs> Jacked him and M. Yeah. The only time I ever had my picture in the paper, I had yeah, bleached, bleached hair. hair. Yeah. From that. Well, it's funny because I see the pictures from back then. That was my rival's picture. Mm-hmm. So I look, it's funny when I did my rival's picture, you know, you're a private school kid. Like people are like, yeah, this guy's a pussy, whatever. And then, uh, and then, you know, like he, he's not. He's not, yeah, so you get as big as you can. I was like 255. I was, I was, man, in high school, I was as strong as I've ever been because I was working so hard and we had such a great strength coach. I could do step ups with 275. Right now, I do step ups with 40 pound uh, uh, dumbbells in my hands. So, like, that's the the toll of a career and all that stuff. But back then, I was a fucking machine. And uh, you went to Accessorize with a Ford Bronco. No, it wasn't a Ford Bronco. An A shirt, formerly known as a shirt. Wife beater. You can't say that. So I had an A shirt. Uh, I got a pump on. I went to Package Depot where my buddy Jeff uh, had a parking lot that I could take the picture in. And he had this big lifted F 350. So I just posed in front of it. And I crossed my arms. And with the knuckles, you got to push your biceps out, right? Any, Any hardo picture taker knows this. Uh, and I threw it on Rivals. Did you really? Did you you uploaded the pictures in those I days? I don't think so. I don't know how it worked back then. There was De- no cloud. Dear Rivals. I think I had to take a picture on like a, 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 a real camera and get it uh, scanned. I think this was a scanner days. This is zoomed in, but look at that. You, you got the, uh, you got like one eye a little more open than the other. Yep, yep, like every tough kid. Wow. Um, that's why you got to do the head tilt in the team picture, too. You do the he- head tilt. I was always head tilt. Yeah, you were. You I was were a big, big head. Me and were big head tilt guys. Yeah. You guys got in a fight one time. Yeah, if you call it that. 
Tell people why we got in a uh, scuffle with the guy. We ever talked about this? We have not. I got it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> for some reason, the he three does of got because he was on. He was. He was. He was. He was tiptoeing both sides. What he was doing. Yeah, he, was, he was. Well, you guys weren't on the wacky. He was homie hopping. Mm-hmm. Well, we you're, were part of a crew you're called Zach Team Wilson's Cobra, girlfriend, and there was another crew called Delta Psy. They called was, themselves Delta Psy, uh-huh. Team Burner, fucking frat boys. Yeah, we Burner. called them Team Burner because they were potheads. Look at yeah. us all right. now. More the lax bros kind <laughs> yeah, of preppier guys. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, we had like kind of like a fake war, fake that started fake with paintball guns and eggs, and then it got progressively more real until there were. Police, bad feelings. And police. Well, involved. you know, I think what got one of the guys was, and we used to, we used to wait until they pulled out. Like we'd know where they were on like a Friday night mm-hmm. and wait till they pulled out, and we'd all be in the truck with paintball guns, and they'd be going down the, the road, and we'd be out the sunroof just lighting their yep. shit up. Bro, like one time we lit up. Bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> collared, and he was like, "Hey, let's call him." Is in the lot. Well, why? Because we went to play a varsity basketball game across town, come out to the truck, tires are slashed. Right. Like they're all, he's he's basically might mm-hmm. as well be on blocks. I remember seeing you try to clean your truck up at the car wash in the middle of winter with paint all over it. Oh, yeah, because they paintballed my they truck. I got mine too. So tell them about the, the, the night. One burner was found. This was like middle of the day, this one. And and he's at the country club, parked at the country club, and it's like I'm in front of him. How far away are you guys? Yeah. You and I were together. Like we'll be there ASAP. Just keep him right behind you. So is on like a 35, 40 mile an hour road with the guy behind him. By the time we catch up, that is in the Bronco, I think. Uh-huh. I'm hanging out the passenger side door with a paintball gun, like literally hanging out it. Yeah. You're flying by everybody <laughs> in the middle lane has been going about 10 miles per yeah, hour yeah. for several minutes. We look like ISIS. We look like ISIS. But, but ISIS or something. So then we were a bunch of private school little bitches. I, we really were. I swear to you, we rolled past 75 cars. We're like, what in the world? What kind of accident is in front of us that we're going yeah, 10 miles an, an hour? Accident. I yeah, I thought it was a wreck. No, it was just boxing. And then, him and then we're going 60 miles an hour mm-hmm. passing everybody on the left. And then we finally get up to the guy and just light him up. Light Man, him up with paintballs. There was one time this dude pulls out at night he was high on drugs and he was high on drugs okay and we knew he was high on drugs so we just got in front of his truck and man when i tell you we turned that shit into a fucking uh jackson pollock painting his windshield he couldn't see shit and it was actually dangerous he had to pull over the whole thing we were in front of him behind him Mm -hmm. on the side of him all sides. We were fucking with people. We were fucking with their parents, going to their houses. I apologize to the parents because now I'm in the shoes. Well, and Macon's parents got fucked with. Yeah, them yeah, yeah. That wasn't cool. That yeah. was collateral. Mayor got uh, shot at. Shot at. Yeah. I was there. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No way. I, she, I swear to swear to God. She went out to see like what's the thwunk thwunk hitting like the side of the house was paintballs yeah. and then pow pow pow. When That's kind of hardcore. Yeah, pretty hardcore. Yeah. I was wondering, Chris, if you remember this one night, Macon and I, like, we were on the other side of it. They found out where we were, and they started chasing down me and Makes. So I had the genius idea, I thought, to go park at the headmaster's house. In his like driveway. Because I knew he was out of town. Yeah. And I was like, well, they're not going to shoot. How'd you know he was out of town? I was dating his daughter at the time. <laughs> so we pulled in there. and we Cut also, the lights. Yeah, we cut the lights. And we've also called you because we're like, Little this, wimps this and could like be bad. protection. <laughs> and so all they light us up anyway, but you show up in your A shirt with a baseball bat and scare the <laughs> fuck out of everybody and they all flee. My parents found out about it unfortunately when they received a call from the police asking if I wanted to press charges against one of the uh burners. No shit. Yeah, I was we ask, don't snitch though. No. Mm. I was gonna ask, how did it how did you explain it to your parents? Maybe when Mayor got shot oh, out, where was she like, were, what is that? They were pretty much aware of what was going time. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you don't remember this. I remember Big Howie helping us on an escape. Like, people had come oh, yeah. to your house. Out the back of your joint. We yeah. went out the back of your place, oh, yeah. your parents' place, yeah. and then Big Howie was talking to them through the through the mm-hmm. gate speaker. Like, oh, no yeah, shit. Go, yeah. No shit. And then, yep. yeah. Hardcore. Anyways, that was, uh, if you enjoy hearing about our high school experience.
fight you with my friends. 